0: Some say that alongside this see-it-to-believe-it world is the shadowy realm of the supernatural. Sometimes the residents of that dimension touch us, and in one moment, our lives are changed forever. America's lady of supernatural thrillers, Mary Ann Pohl, is your real Ghost Chatter host. On this podcast, you'll hear stories by real people who have seen real ghosts. Gordon tells us about an unwelcome encounter with his dead father-in-law, and Lori tells us about a dead logger who looked for his wife and daughter for years after his death until she helped him find peace. Then there's Victoria, who shares her story of a long-dead pig, Edna June, who still watches over her ranch. Did you know a cafe in Anchorage, Alaska is haunted by the ghost of a woman who was blown to bits by a hired hitman? Once in a while, Marianne will podcast a tale taken from the genre she loves best, the supernatural. These are just a few of the stories you will hear, and these stories just keep coming. Welcome to today's Real Ghost Chatter episode.
1: Welcome to Real Ghost Chatter. This is Mary Ann Paul, and I'm America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers. Today our guest is Rosella C. Rao, author of the Paranormal Thriller, 2095, which is based off a true story, and also the author of the soon-to-be-released Paranormal Thriller entitled 9-11 Emergency. She is also a writer of the well-known blog, My Haunted Travel Blog. And if that isn't enough, she is a Mm -hmm. ghost hunter of the Tri-Seag Group in Ohio. She has years of hunting and investigation experience in the paranormal field. Rosella prides herself on telling the real story and truth regarding her ghostly experiences with the spirits she encountered at historic places, as well as the legends that surround the entity. Okay, so I am going to say, and I mean this wholeheartedly, welcome, Rosella. We can hardly wait to hear your stories. How are you? Fine, how are you? I am great, and I am so thrilled that you are on this show tonight. Um, Me too, thank you. I know that you have had many paranormal experiences, and probably we could do five or six episodes <laughs> just with your experiences. Oh,
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but today we're just going to do a couple. So would you tell us about the first experience you've ever had?
2: Uh, yes. Yeah, sure, no problem. I actually was living in my, uh, first, my childhood home, And actually, that's what the the book is entitled, and it's okay, people always do this, 2095 was the address (laughs) of my house.
1: Got Um, it.
2: So, yeah, I'm hoping that people kind of pick that up, like, uh, as as things kind of go on with um, it being a childhood home, but it's okay, I'm totally used to it. Basically, I was, uh, I loved to bead as a child, like, make jewelry, and um, I used to sit on the floor in front of the TV, which you're totally not supposed to do, but my mom was not uh, home and I was babysitting my brother, who was actually on the couch behind me. Uh, he was two years old and I was like, I was just putting beads on a string basically, watching Roseanne rerun episodes. And all of a sudden my brother started screaming. My brother, he never cried, like even as a baby, just never cried. And he sounded like someone was going to murder him. It, it was terrifying the scream, which I can still hear in my head, And I turned around and I'm like, his name is Alex. And I'm like, Alex, what, what's wrong? And I stood up and then I saw it. I I looked to the side and we had one of those cutouts in the house that was like, we were in the family room, but you could see into the kitchen through this little brick cutout
1: window. Right, right. Um, I remember those. Yeah.
2: So yeah, very, you know, like 70s, 80s. And uh, so... Through the wall, like through the uh, window, I saw her. It was actually a woman now in my story. She is uh, Julia Walter. So, but her her real name is something else, which I want to keep private for the family. She was smiling at me. She's about like probably four foot nine, turned hair brown, very short to her ears with crimson lipstick and blue eyeliner and eyeshadow on. I, wow. can, I can just still see her to this day. Wow, A little, a, kind of a little bit chubby, but not, you know, nothing like bad. But she was, she was really gorgeous and smiling up a storm. And she was actually making us peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because I had left out bread and peanut butter and jelly on the counter because I was going to make them for me and my brother, but I forgot them there. It was one of those things where I just got occupied with him and taking care of him. And then I sat down and forgot so she was making them for us, and she really did make them. So it was really-
1: Really actually made the sandwiches?
2: Physically put the jelly and the peanut butter on. She never put the, the breads, you know, them together, the halves together, but she put the, yeah, like the peanut butter and the jelly on. She spread it, and I saw her, picked it up, had it physically in her hand and was spreading it. But see, I thought this was a burglar because I was a child, you know, like I was 12, 12, 13, and I'm thinking, there's someone in my house.
1: No kidding.
2: I wasn't thinking a ghost. First of all, my family is very Catholic, so I never went there. I just thought, I'm home without my mother because she's at work, and here I have to take care of this child, and there's somebody in my house. And I never understood why this person's smiling at us and stuff. It was really crazy. Mm-hmm. So then I looked to my brother again because he's screaming, And he's looking into the side of the kitchen where he can't see her, but he can see a little bit into the kitchen and the lights are starting to flicker, like go on and off. And then I heard the garbage disposal go on and off. Oh my gosh. So then when I look back, she was gone. So I ran in through like around basically, which was the fireplace, which was the brick and I ran around into the kitchen and she was not there, but the refrigerator was now open, wide open with the light on. I could see the light switches moving, like the light switches for like the actual light and the garbage disposal that was a switch right in it, you know, with it. Mm-hmm. And I took my hand to stop my brother from crying at the moment, just like my thought was stop him from being scared because he was seeing these lights and he was scared was my thought. And I put my hand over the switches trying to get it to stop and I could feel the switches moving underneath my hand. Wow. Wow. then I took my other hand and I placed it on top of like my palm from my other hand on top of the other one and pressed all my weight against it with all of my might, weighing size zero. So, (laughs) which, you know, it took a while. It felt like forever that they took to stop, but I could feel the switches still moving, like the power of the intensity underneath my hand until it finally stopped. And then my brother stopped crying.
1: One of the strongest, I mean, physically, but obviously not physically, apparitions I have ever heard of.
2: Well, and see, I still thought that this was a burglar. Right. So <laughs> I picked up my brother, put him on my hip, grabbed the biggest knife that I had had in the house, which my mom always used. She called the Momo knife. <laughs> and she would uh, get that out and she would cut her case with it. Like, I mean, that's kind of all she would use it for. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh
2: she called it kind of yeah the mother knife and then (laughs) I just took that because I didn't have a weapon I didn't have anything I hear I'm just like 12 13 and my my brother was my everything to me he was like my child because Mm -hmm. I was always watching him and caring for him because my mother was a single parent so he was my life and I was never gonna let anything happen to him so I put him on my hip I got the Momo knife and then I walked around Thinking, I'm gonna. I have to protect myself, and I'm. I'm gonna get. You know, I'm gonna have to find this woman. Um, so I'm. I'm ravaging the whole house. I never find her. But I come to the last thing I hadn't checked was the shower in at the end of the hall, which was actually our shower, the kids' like shower that we shared that bathroom. And I ripped open the curtain, the shower curtain, thinking she has to be behind here. There is nowhere else and nothing. It was a crazy ex- experience ever but I've seen a lot of stuff I've seen in that house, locks open completely on their own. Like I set an alarm because it happened every single night at like four o'clock. Well, not every single, every Wednesday night at four o'clock when I turned 17. And I remember sitting, like setting my alarm for like 3.50 AM and getting up, sitting right smack in front of the door and then watching two deadlocks unlock themselves. And- The door, like in the actual like lock, like handle lock, open itself and the door fly open. Wow. I mean, I seen the doorknob, like in my room, twist right, right in front of my eyes, knowing there's no one on the other side, but hearing footsteps coming down the hall and someone twisting it, but there's no one there.
1: What a terrifying so time.
2: <laughs> I really did. I really, really did. I had a lot of stuff that was pretty, pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And then when I got older, I lived, I, uh, this was something that was not planned or thought of, but I, I, we moved into, we bought our first home that actually is here. The, both homes are here in Troy where I live. Actually, mm-hmm. I live less than two miles away from both of them and pass one. That one, my childhood home, every single day. Wow. I, you know, mm-hmm. this wasn't going on. The COVID wasn't going on, but pass at least five times a day. I have mm-hmm. to.
1: Mm-hmm. It's on the way
2: to everything, but the other one is also I passed to um, to go to a lot of things still. And there was an entity that lived in the house. It was a, I saw him. It was a shadow person, and, and it was a male. But when I bought the house, I never would because I I swore I would never live in another haunted home again.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I
2: was I would <laughs> like just die myself if I moved in to another haunted house. And then sure enough, I lived in the house for three days until the actual furniture truck, like all of our things, showed up never suspected a thing and then all of a sudden I I'm doing dishes and I felt it and my parents were there helping me unload my brother and everything and and with, I just sent I sent everybody to the grocery store and stuff and I just looked I turned and I said who are you and what are you doing here and I just felt it I couldn't see anything but I just mm-hmm. felt it and I always and I don't know why but I have um, for some kind of feeling that it was a male who was 72, and he was always wearing a bathrobe. I have no idea. I can't tell you why, but (laughs) that was always kind of like my feeling. He was very, very ornery. He loved to toss food around the kitchen. If the doorbell rang or the phone rang when you were making food, the food would be all over the floor, or my favorite, smashed all over the front of our white trash can. Oh, jeez. It would be like smothered smashed, like, like you were taking a grapefruit and grinding it to make juice like that Mm -hmm, smashed mm -hmm. up against the trash can. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Uh, It loved tomatoes. And what it could do with tomatoes was really creepy.
1: Um, (laughs) Well, do you want to tell us about that or not?
2: (laughs) Well, that used to be like, so I used to eat a lot of like salads and stuff basically for like my diet. I had like a salad every, every day. So like I would have this huge walk. I used to walk 10 miles a day. Mm-hmm. Um, Pre children, now of course, right past time, but so I used to do that, and then I'd come back and I'd have like a huge salad and like a lot of water, kind of rehydrate. Well, the phone rang, and like every time this would happen, the phone, the doorbell, whatever the entity would take. Like, I had cherry tomatoes, so cherry tomatoes, it wasn't like a big tomato, it was cherry,
1: right? Uh huh.
2: Literally, they would be like umbrellaed outward all over the like the trash can, like suction cups. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Can, oh my all gosh. over the floor, like oh the gosh. juice everywhere. It was so great because you know you were alone. Like my husband was at work and it, there was no one else in the house. I with wow. three children, so there was nobody else. And it was terrifying. And one day, um, cuz we were putting on an extension on our house and this guy came in and he saw it all over the floor because the doorbell rang and I went to go get the doorbell. And then he came back in to talk to me and he's like, "What? The heck, you were just over there, and I'm like, yeah, it's our friend. (laughs) (laughs) But he was not really very friendly. Now, when I had children, he did get better, but he got really angry and resentful right before the baby came. I remember being I was pregnant on the couch, and my brother was sitting next to me. My husband kind of sent him over at lunch to kind of watch me because I was in pre labor kind of you know like area those few days, right? Like we right. My brother and I are sitting there. I just handed him a sandwich. We're sitting on the couch because I couldn't sit at the table anymore. It's too huge. Nine months <laughs> pregnant, and I'm like, okay, so we're gonna sit here, you know, watch TV. And I felt it. Like I could always feel it coming on mm-hmm. that it was gonna do something. Mm-hmm. And it would only do it like it did that like within the first three years of living there, and it would kind of be action it usually between August and for some reason all the time to Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. So, um, this is a little different because my daughter was born in October and I, and it got really kind of nastier right before I, like the last month that I delivered. But yeah, so we're sitting on the couch and then (laughs) I swear it's it's crazy, but we had this whole bin of toys that somebody had like given to us. And I felt it, I, I literally pushed back on my brother, like you kind of would like when you're stepping on the brakes and you think that you're going to, right, right. Uh I did that and I was like, don't move a muscle. (laughs) Don't react. And he's like, what the heck? (laughs) And then all of a sudden the toys, a whole bin of toys hurled themselves six feet across the room and into the air, probably four feet into the actual air and across the room. It was a very large room. So it was kind of, it was crazy. I mean, the room was probably like 16 by like 20 wow in a big room my brother started screaming and ran (laughs) out the door he's from springfield he literally got into his car and he drove home
1: this is the same brother that was the two-year-old right
2: yeah he yes yes So here I am, and I'm yelling out the door, Alex, you're supposed to be here in case I go into labor, I can't
1: drive, and he's like, I'm out of here, you and your ghost can just have it, I'm like, this isn't funny, but it really is, it is, it's like,
2: I was like, called my husband, I'm like, you gotta come home, man, because he's gone, and what if I go into labor, and sure enough, it was funny, a few hours later, I did go into labor, so, um
1: <laughs> yeah, that experience alone would alone. have brought on labor.
2: <laughs> I yeah, yeah I know. Like I called my mom, like, Alex left. You gotta come. Somebody has to pick me up. And you know, now her and my husband are arguing between who's gonna get there first and I'm like guys just shut up and get home. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, like you would hear it on the stairs, like at night if you were trying to sleep. It would wake me up when the kids it woke me up both both children when I had like my kids had ear infections and we ended up going to the hospital because they had a hundred and four hundred and five fevers. Oh yeah. Yeah. If it didn't wake me up they, my children probably would have died. Wow. Um, so it was a very protectionate entity, uh-huh. but my daughter got really affected when she was seven. It would shake the walls. Like if she would argue with me, there was this one instance and this is what I was planning to move beforehand, but this is what the topper, like we're going, we're out. And I always said I didn't want what happened to me in the, you know, my childhood home mm-hmm. to happen to my children. And I do think that she picks up on things that, and she won't tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had and she did describe a scene of someone sitting in her rocking chair and she read them a book right in front of me, my brother and my husband when my brother was staying the night one night. Mm. So she saw things when she was kind of two years old. But then, it, you know, it stopped. Mm -hmm. And we never thought about it again, but I would always feel this thing. I've been touched by it, like a spiderweb feeling when I ran downstairs one time to go get a binky real quick. It just kind of dragged its hands like over my forehead and down my spine, like Mm -hmm. my back. Mm -hmm. It was, that was really the creepiest thing that ever happened
0: because I had never been
2: touched. Yeah, that was my first touch experience. Mm -hmm. And then it got worse from there. Like it would hold my feet down in bed.
1: Um, Oh, it got more aggressive.
2: Well, it was never when I was asleep it was when I was awake mm. I'd be watching tv like alone in the room or my husband sitting right beside me reading a book and then all of a sudden I was I couldn't move and mm. I I really was being held down like my ankles mm. held down and mm. I was too afraid to tell my husband because I just didn't know what to do I didn't want him to think I was crazy but yeah like the right before we left my daughter and I were having a huge fight in the hallway about basically like her going to bed or something like who knows but something you know mild but she was trying she was just fighting against me and I was trying to be that parent who didn't let her kind of take that inch get that mile
1: right and um
2: so we she yeah you know like it was like it starts here like you know she's going to remember this and then keep doing it so I followed her into the hallway and I thought I thought if she goes into the hallway this is not good because it resided on the stairs. We kind of had this mini hallway where it just kind of branched off into the bedrooms. Mm -hmm. Um, Really wasn't really a hallway, but kind of just a space. Mm -hmm. And I felt it, I really felt it getting angry. It hated when they would say no to me.
1: Mm.
2: Well, even my little, my son was four years old. He ran out into the hallway and he said to my daughter, he called out her name and he just was like, you better stop, it's gonna get mad. And I thought then, oh my God, my children, this is awful. Yeah. And the walls just, the bang, they bang so hard that we had like all of our wedding pictures kind of going down the hall, like um, the stairwell. Uh-huh. And they almost fell off the walls. Wow. And my daughter ran into our room terrified. She didn't come out for like two days. I was bringing her food up and trying to convince her to come out because it was safe. And she just thought it wasn't safe. She was terrified.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and it was going it lived on the stairs it kind of resided on this resided on the stairs so she was afraid to go up and down the stairs because it mm-hmm. would get her right. and I was like that's it I divorce you house we're out <laughs> and I literally yeah. had a conversation with the house slash entity saying we are I'm divorcing you you cannot go with me I need <laughs> to move on and then we walked into this house and I just thought oh it's okay. I don't feel anything. Like, cause I kind of started to recognize really the feelings and accept the presence of others kind of feelings possibly. And mm-hmm. I just said, it's clear. I'll take it. And they're like, what? And I said, I don't even care what it looks like. I, I can't do this to my kids anymore. Like, we'll just, we'll, we're taking the house. And she's it's like, true. don't you want to see it?
1: <laughs> don't need Like,
2: to. whatever. You can show me if you want, but I'm just going to live here. I'm going to kick you out right now. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> but she was so nice. And, you know, I just, we just had like, it, it was just, it was, it was awful. And like, I remember, you know, leaving and saying like, don't come with us three times. And, like, just don't go with us. Cause I didn't want my children to go through what I did, but you know, like I started to embrace it and learn to try to tell their stories. And that's how the book kind of came along. So 2095, yeah, it's about all my experiences, but I started writing it Therapeutic-wise, why well, I actually did live in the other haunted, my second haunted house there that we just left. Uh-huh. And it was, it was for therapy for me to get through it and past it. Because, I mean, I never really went to a therapist about it, but I knew it altered my life. Every Thanksgiving, every Christmas Eve, I'd be in front of that house crying. Oh. And I never understood really kind of why. But I think it was guilt for not getting the person who this woman who lived there who I felt was trapped my whole life help. I wanted to get my mother to get a priest in and my mother just didn't, you know, she just didn't know what to do. I think that now that I'm older, I understand that she just was trying as hard as she could to Mm -hmm. get through things in life as a single parent who worked a lot to put food on the table. And that's just what she was trying to do. You know, she still understands I feel this way, that basically I really still wish that she would have gotten a priest in there. But I think everything happens for a reason.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: the book really led me back to basically, why did I go through this? Why did I go through this agony? It had to be for something. So one day I was walking through a convention and uh, this woman stopped me and she said, Hey, this person wants me to tell you, they're so glad you're writing their story so other people don't commit suicide.
1: i dropped to my knees
2: and i was crying
1: oh my gosh
2: she just in one second she just took it all away. like just all the the guilt all the pain all the wonder of god why'd you do this to me is what i always was thinking and torturing myself Mm -hmm. uh, with and she sat me down and she said she knows all these things i mean she this woman was a total stranger she told me every feeling i've ever had Everything that I experienced, and it was all because this woman was trying to convey and get my attention, and she told me that she was my spirit guide, and that she had been ever since I like left the house, and God brought us together so I could tell her story. And she, she knew that I was an author, and I was a storyteller, and I was going to tell her story so other people would not do what she did.
1: Oh, so, that is just amazing and wonderful, too. Yeah and really I kind of go
2: through people who think oh spirits and entities are evil. I explain at the end no th- this isn't that's not really true because all spirits aren't evil and this is why because God led me to this house. God led me to this woman and to tell this story so I could save other people and that's what I really believe in and I you know I really believe that everybody has a story and a lesson to tell, even if they, their life could have been like not tragic and and had a tragic ending. But I think that you can learn from anybody's wisdom and they have some kind of lesson, something to take from. So you become and grow as a person.
1: Right. I think that is an amazing, I'm just going to say, I didn't expect that story and the way it ended. (laughs) I think that is an, an amazing, wonderful story. I just am still sitting here feeling so good that you well, got I- to hear the answers of why this happened. And you know, yeah. what's even better is you got to help her by writing the story.
2: And I could really feel her sometimes behind me and people mm-hmm. think it's strange, but I really think I became so sensitive to her my whole life and those feelings that I had, that that anguish and that built up pented like that's that all those emotions were, I think, a blend of both of ours. She didn't want to leave that home and she killed herself because she was so miserable because she didn't want to leave the house. I think that in my own way, I wanted to have a happy childhood in that house that I, I didn't have because of the house. I wanted it to feel like home. So we had this kind of cross where it felt like that to her, but that's what I, I wanted and until I could set her free, I don't think that I could feel that. But now I go back. I mean, I was just there yesterday taking pictures from my cover mm-hmm. of my book. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay now. I can, I can say, hey, kids, I lived here. Mm-hmm. And this is what I went through. And that's okay. Um, because something was trying to get my attention to become my best friend. And I do feel that she is my best friend now through a different way.
1: Uh-huh. Um, that's it's kinda interesting.
2: Like, Julia and Julia, that book or that mm-hmm. movie. And mm-hmm. she's like, I never knew her,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but I feel her. And that's, that's kind of how I describe it.
1: Um, I, and it's wonderful. It, it really is. Do you have like literally just talked about, you know, God makes good out of bad and we never know how or why. And he does. Right. And this is a prime example to me of it. And I agree with you that there, I know there are evil um, spirits and demons and entities out there, but I do not believe sure. that all of them are. And right. in fact, most of the people I have even talked to have talked about good ones as well as bad ones, but a lot of good, right. good experiences.
2: Well, and, and I, even the second one was still good. I mean, if it didn't wake up my children, I mean, me, then I would Oh I mean, God, geez, I, I think it all the time. Do I miss it? No, no. I don't miss that <laughs> feeling of what's going to happen next. The hair standing up on the back of your neck and the kids mm-hmm. being terrified, but I could have lived with it, you know, but. Well. It's just trying to be a better mother, you know, like a good mom for my children. I decided to, you know, like I still say, divorce the house and go and move on. But everything happens for a reason, you know.
1: It does. Yeah.
2: I do it- think that this has even helped me with my my other story, nine hundred and eleven one Emergency, mm-hmm. because I thought of it from her spiritual guidance of how would, thinking of it on, if you flip cards where you are now the entity and you're trying to communicate to somebody and how frustrating that is that they can't hear you and you want to be social you want to still kind of live and be with those people and, and feel love and you know hugs from people who surround you in your life that are positive positive. and mm-hmm. I looked at it from that perspective of how annoying that must be from the other side and that's how I got my other story.
1: Good for you. That is so cool. I love the way we get our story ideas, but that's for another discussion, of course. But <laughs> I do yeah, love yeah. the way we do that. Um, you know, you answered almost every question I was going to ask you without having oh, to. And no, no, don't be sorry. I think it's wonderful because you have given everybody, you've given people a solution to how to deal with this, and you know, you you gave a really good solution of. You can move if you need to or talking to them. I mean, you did exactly what people say to do. And I realize you are also a a paranormal investigator and unfortunately we're running out of time. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So I was that you are one of those. And so you would have a lot of experience with both good and bad entities.
2: Yes. And
1: I would like to have you back again so we can talk about your paranormal experiences if we can, because Yes, I I know people love to listen to that, and I'm one of those that definitely watch them documentaries and stuff. All the shows, yeah. Oh yeah, I love them, and and um, I've been watching them for ten years or more. I bet.
2: Well, and there's good and there's bad. A lot of stuff is very Hollywood. I have found out from being a ghost hunter that that's true. I've only had one um, instance where I was scared. Everything else, I've, I've I've had wonderful moments of embracing things, which is where I get with my blog. I write. I go to historic places and I write about the true stories of these people in their lives. I try to put up a picture of the person so people can have a visual of that person. Mm -hmm. Hey, like this person lived. And this is a story that they had to tell And a lesson you can learn and take from it.
1: Good for Um, you. What a wonderful way to be doing it.
2: So yeah, it's really fun. You should come with me sometime.
1: Oh, I'd love to sometime. <laughs> I think that would be so much fun. Of course, I'd probably be a scaredy cat at first, but I you would know, get past. You it's it.
2: actually so peaceful. It's really inviting. I believe that God is there in the room while you're talking to them, or mm-hmm. He wouldn't let me be in that presence at that
1: time. Oh well, that's really oh, what an amazing attitude you do have. That is Thank real, you. and I agree You've with learned you. Learned a lot. <laughs> yes, you have, and I agree with you. And I will. I would love to go on one of your of your hunts with you if i'm ever in ohio <laughs> so i'm right now of course i'm in texas i have to get there from here yeah and i haven't you know, learned you're how to just teleport a plane
2: right away when this is all over
1: <laughs> i know isn't that the truth oh and we'll be so glad when this is oh all over. yeah i
2: want to get back to life i want to go to my historic sites i do have a lot of things that are coming like Tran- trans Allegheny, and i had 40 events like experiences 40 no joke that happened there Mm, um wow. that is coming um my one that i have up that i really hope that you can read about the school that i went to it's post town is extreme you should really read that one
1: i know i read your one with the cat and so yeah um, okay
2: so the, about the little girl on the train
1: oh loved it yeah so yes. i am gonna say because i want people to be able to go read your your travel blog because it is really interesting
2: yeah, um, I mean, in Golden Lamb, that was really big. These things, these people have so much to tell you. 140 yes. years later, wow. and they're telling their stories through me. Yes. And I, I, I'm I blessed. I'm just so blessed that God gave me that opportunity.
1: That is wonderful. I'm so glad you can do that and do something you enjoy like that.
2: Yeah, really, it's my passion. It really is. Telling other people's stories should be everybody's passion is what I think, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I know I'm we a writer, do, but am so but, I would. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say,
1: writers all, I think all feel that way. <laughs> I, you, I think so, but the I people do, that aren't yeah. writers are like, no, <laughs> no, no, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna end the podcast because I will keep going forever and, you know. Oh, me too, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> this concludes today's podcast tonight. Really thank you for sharing your story, Rosella. And thank you. I'm going to tell people right now where you can find her Haunted travel blog, because it is extremely interesting. And I will say that Rosella takes this from a different angle than a lot of other paranormal investigators do. And that's why I think it's so worth reading her haunted travel blog. You can find it here. Oh yeah. I just love the way you're trying to help and, you know, not getting into all this other Never mind, we won't go there yeah, stuff. I know. Let's um,
2: educate people. Yeah. Yes,
1: educating people. And giving people history is to me always a wonderful thing to do, too. So yeah. anyway, Rosella's travel blog is at myhaunted travel blog.blogspot.com. Or you can also find her writings and information on her on her books on Facebook at the at percent. Rosella R O S E L L A C R O W E author A U T H O R and that's all one phrase you can find her on either facebook as i said or on her travel blog i oh, will be posting
2: 95 comes out june 12th.
1: And, oh, yes 2095 comes out june 12th and you'll be posting updates on that on your facebook page is that right
2: yes we're just waiting for our cover and then all that will go up and great. it'll be for sale
1: great <laughs> With a love, seven
2: star press i should say yes, yes you stars.
1: can say that that's good they're good Thank people you. i like them they are fabulous um, yes. they were my guests last week
2: <laughs> yeah
1: and they were very good
2: i love um, holly yes. i do
1: too holly and steven are great people
2: yeah they really are
1: yeah, really good friends yeah. um if you enjoyed this podcast today, I encourage you to share it with others you would think also would be interested. Rosella's blogspot.com site will be put on my show notes at a later date, so you can be able to find it there too. And lastly, if you've had a supernatural encounter to share on Real Ghost Chatter, please contact me at M-A-R-Y-A-N-N at M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-P-O-L-L dot com. And if you'd like to know more about me, go to maryannpoll.com and/or authormasterminds.com forward slash mary-ann-poll. Until next time, may the wind always be at your back, the sun on your face, and the good Lord walk beside you.